This week's episode of the Star Wars Report is brought to you by the good folks supporting us over on patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. Let's do the show, folks. Gum, gum, gum. And who might you be? It's the Star Wars Report. Star Wars Report. Woo! Star Wars Report. The place for Star Wars news, features, interviews, and more. Then we can do something epic. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Please delete as appropriate. The Force. It's calling to you. Just let it in. Uh, you guys remember Dexter Jetster? It's like yeah. uh it's like that one there's that one scene. It was the pre Paul Krell <laughs> right? of alien species. It was there's <laughs> the one scene, Attack of the Clones, and he's just like Obi Wan, hey them Kaminos are out outside the reach. Yes, they're cloners. Yeah, and he pulls up his pants. And he does pull up his pants. Is he, hmm, probably grossest butt crack in Star Wars? There's <laughs> no health code there. I mean, he didn't have to go and wash two of those hands. He's just you like, know, I didn't pick my nose with the other three. <laughs> That's a good point. How many butt cracks have we seen in Star Wars? That's the topic for tonight. Is it? Is it the um, Rancor's crack. Oh my. <laughs> No, I think we've only seen one. Hot, nope, hog squaddle. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. oh hog. yeah, and the puffer pig. No, nah, I don't think so. Not that. <laughs> I mean, not that I noticed. Anyway, hey guys, welcome to the Star Wars Report. I'm Riley Blanton, your host for today. I can already tell it's going to be a great show. I can already it tell. Is. Uh, hey, it is. It is Bruce Gibson right there. How's yeah, it going, Bruce? I got my glass of water here, so I'm all pumped. Oh, my gosh. So, listen, living dangerously, sir. Mr. Um, water. Ta- Ooh. Oh my. See, I'm in the same boat. I got a 60-ounce mm. tap water in, in a Lord of the Rings Hobbit oh. cup. Oh, my. <laughs> Get with the program, man. The Star Wars report to mug or something. I don't know. Just... <sighs> well, I'm I'm cradling a depressingly empty Starbucks iced white mocha. So anyway, um, <laughs> nobody cares. Uh, no, it's the Star Wars Report podcast, and uh, as I alluded to right at the beginning of the show, there has been some news. We have something to report. Delta, I have the news. Data brought to us by the Botany spies. Can send a clear transmission. There it is. Listen, listen. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, the top story. Uh, everybody's talking about it. Ewan McGregor to return as Obi-Wan Kenobi in Disney Plus series. Probably. The uh, <clears throat> Variety forgot to put the probably on. But the, Are you um, reading something from like a couple years ago? Because I feel like I've been hearing this for like I, three years. I, right. No, in fact, this is all has been breaking in the last week. Um, the the Obi Wan series, which at one point was rumored to be a spinoff film, and then there have been some additional behind the scenes rumors since then that they uh, had shuttered it, but they were moving the assets to possibly a a, ser- a, uh, a an actual Obi Wan series. And I'd seen a few rumors pop back and forth, but all pretty unreliable sources. But here's the significant thing that happened this week. Um, the trade started picking it up. Deadline, Variety. Um, they, they've started basically picking up that it's all but set in stone, almost certainly to be announced at D23 next weekend. 
Ewan uh, mm-hmm. McGregor to return as Jedi Master Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan. Now that's a name I've heard pretty much every day in the rumor mill. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Um, now, so we don't have any uh, other official details, but um, Bruce, I want to throw this to you. Uh, do you think this is the case where they were doing a spinoff film and you think that they're just like uh, reallocating the assets and efforts and like now let's put the efforts into Disney Plus? Mm, I, I think that this was on the drawing board, whether it was going to be a film or something else. I don't think they were actively making this into a film. I think it was a consideration. I just think it's something they've been, you know, bouncing around. And then they've when Disney Plus came, I think they were like, hey, you know what? Maybe this is the time we should start looking into this and maybe doing something. Get Ewan in here. Let's talk to him about it. You know, I'll, I'll give him a quick I, call. I think you're right. <laughs> I think, of you know, you think about the fact that the the series can't go more than two seasons, right? I mean, they're going to have to keep it small because they're probably doing the same thing where they were thinking, well, we could go movie or we could go a couple seasons of a show. But Obi-Wan on Tatooine, I mean, unless you go with the route of like what Jude Watson did during the last of the Jedi book series where Obi-Wan left Tatooine for a very short window of time to go help another Jedi that had survived yeah. Order 66. And then at the end of that book series, he's like, I've got to return to Tatooine and I can't leave again. You're going to have to do it on your own. Sorry, Ferris, but you're going to have to do it. Uh, you know, So unless they do something like that, I don't see this series being something that could last very long, but that can be part of the beauty you know if you know for a fact you've got a certain time frame that you're gonna hit and there's certain beats you want to hit it definitely makes sense to go with a tv series than a movie because in the movie you can make it too drawn out by doing you know so many things that you want to do i mean think about the the obi-wan book that john jackson miller put out right Mm. and the beats that it had it was that nice little western feel you had the the issue with the the people on the the planet in the cities as well as the sand people out in the woods and stuff and his interactions with the moisture farmers on the outpost. I mean, there were so many different things going in that and it worked well for a book. But if you were to do something like that as well as have Obi-Wan leave to go do something with Maul or, you know, anybody else or anything like that, like, I mean, you could tie him in with Ezra in a sense. I mean, what we see with him oh, please on no. Tatooine with Ezra could be like their third meetup. Mm, please no. <laughs> right. I, I, yeah, but who would play Ezra? I mean, Riley, you're available, no, aren't you? No, I'm not, no. God no. <laughs> uh, no, I think. Well, here's the here's because there's a lot of story potential here. I know John Jackson Miller's um, Kenobi kind of fell into legends. Um, yeah, yeah. But um, I, we so what we know of Obi Wan in this time period is from that um, Star Wars Rebels episode, which I I think was f- fairly disappointing in that. It really didn't get the time to explore the Maul uh, Obi Wan relationship in the way that I would have liked if they were going to have the the duel and the death of Maul um, climax at the end of the episode like that. And so, so they really can't do anything with Maul then in this series then, unless they relitigate it, which I guess is possible. But I also don't think that they would necessarily want to bring Maul in because there's so much baggage from the Clone Wars. I mean, great some of the best storytelling. But if, if, if you want this to be a pretty mainstream-friendly series, I don't think that bringing in the Maul story and then you have to explain, no, no he survived all over again to people who probably didn't watch The Clone Wars. But um, you could do Ahsoka. 
but the same problem like you have to sort of reintroduce any of these kind of big clone wars characters you're faced with the problem of how do you reintroduce them to a new audience and i guess that's a problem that you could solve but i'm i would almost be more See, you could deal that- with Ahsoka just by starting the series, for example, from Ahsoka's point of view, and she's hunting down Obi Wan. Yeah, you know, but something so you- happened that she has to go and find him, and when she does, Obi Wan explains, like, "Look, if anyone finds me, you especially, your connection to Anakin," and like, you know, I have this moment where they both share that they both know that Anakin's Vader. Like, that'd be cool. I mean, it'd be really cool for those of us who watched Clone Wars, but it would be confusing if you don't know who Ahsoka is, because you have to, like, when when you're talking about introducing a brand new series to an audience, you have to immediately capture their attention and make them care. And you have Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan. So I think if you do anything but make him the central figure, and he's not sharing a story or screen time, at least in the first episode or first few episodes where he is the main thrust. So is there are there Easter eggs or maybe s- storylines that develop that have some of these other Clone Wars characters? I think yes, but is but is that like the main is, is the Clone Wars story going to be continued into this Kenobi series? I, I I just don't see it. I doubt it. No, the only thing of the Clone Wars that you'll see would be the the ramifications of Order 66. I mean, because yes. in a sense, yes, that was that. the culmination of the Clone Wars. So, I mean, anything you have with Jedi, you're going to have to reference that. So in that aspect alone, there will be a tie to the Clone Wars. I mean, it's just inevitable. But I think that that's also part of it. Like, you have to get beyond that push of, well, like, well, who are these characters and stuff? Because, I mean, you live in an era now where these characters like Ahsoka and like Ezra, they are bigger than what they used to be. I mean, it's it's a lot different than, say, when Gendy's Clone Wars came out. And you're like, oh, you know, we don't need to know about Shaggy. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. No, I could see it. Well, and Yeah, but I, I don't know, but... Yeah, I'm just trying to think outside of those shows that something that's more mainstream that most people would know. What other characters could you put in this time frame with Obi Wan, Luke Skywalker, the, huh? Luke Skywalker, like like that, a baby Skywalker? No, like a uh, like a young teenage Skywalker. Like it, it does. There's nothing about the series that says it has oh. to be right after. Uh, no, here Revenge you go, Riley. You just sparked my mind. Here you go. The whole thing is during. Luke's training with Obi-Wan as they're flying to unadvertently the Death Star. And Obi-Wan's like, and then back in the day, and then it goes back to an episode. (laughs) Flashback. (laughs) No, I hope not. I got it. So one idea I had is what I'd like to see is Chariot and Baze from Rogue One in the Obi-Wan series with him. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. Just them like randomly like following the flow of the force and happen to be at the right place, right time. Or maybe Obi-Wan finds them because of the Church of the Jedi and they have adventures together or something. Well, but that I would love put this story. significantly closer to Rogue One, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I mean by Rogue One that are not around anymore. That's I'm so sorry. Um. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, that's fair. Well, and I, I think there's some possibility for that. And I guess I also want to clarify when i talk about not as much focusing on the clone wars aspects of the stories or some of the other characters i'm talking about like as the series begins like in the first Mm -hmm. few episodes i think the really the main thrust of the story is going to be what we all know obi-wan was was on 
Tatooine to do even just by watching A New Hope and that is he's there to protect Luke Skywalker so whatever age Luke Skywalker is there's going to be some kind of imminent threat to him on the homestead and Obi-Wan has to both protect him but still conceal his identity and I think there's a lot of great story opportunity there um uh, that one's been played with a lot too, just comics as well as prose novels. I mean, you know, there's always been a scenario where he's got to hide the fact that he's there protecting Luke. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, the original like mall survival storyline of him surviving and trying to hunt down Kenobi came from the Visionaries, right? Visionaries comics. Uh, yeah, the visions. The, the visionaries. W- way back in the Dark Horse days. And that was like the idea of the the what if stories in comic book form. And of course, years later, they actually did go that direction with Clone Wars. Um, hmm. Well, so and so far, uh, again, kind of going back to the variety story, of course, taking catalog of what we know so far, Disney Plus, of course, introducing the Mandalorian, which is John Favreau, Pedro Pascal. That's what we've seen the most of. It's been announced, but we really don't know any details about this Rogue One series calling it Cassian Andor, which I still to this day am surprised that they chose to name it Cassian Andor. Like, because there's just not the name ID. Like, Yeah, he's not a household name. Like, No, I but, but just think, though, once they've established him, and then you have that meetup with with that other guy at the beginning and Cassian like blasting him. You're like, well, yeah, dude, he's Cassian Andor, man. Like, you can't let, holy cow, that guy almost blew it for you, Andor. What the hey? Yeah. Well, and I could see that. I could see him doing that. And I think they really have to if it's going to be successful because otherwise they would have gone with a much more obvious like Star Warsy title like Star Wars Rogue Rebellion or you know something like that um, I kind of like that actually that kind and of then we could see a crossover with Solo a Star Wars story like we see Kira or something in there with them or something mm. like I would be cool I, I would be I would be all about that and again the, uh, the idea of these series is to get subscribers they don't have to worry about ratings. They worry about subscribers. And so, no, 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 Riley. Haven't you learned? All you have to do is put a Star Wars name on something, and <laughs> everybody will show up. Yeah, even the ones that don't like it are still going to buy it. Somebody, hey, I don't know about this, man. Somebody right, tell that Solo to Ron was Howard. A huge success. <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> no. Solo's the reason we're getting the Obi Wan the series, which maybe we can thank Solo because Solo already a very underappreciated film. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, but it, I think it's in in its way, its own box office shortcomings gave way to the pause on the live action spinoffs, which gave way to telling this Ewan McGregor story in a series versus in a movie, which I think is going to be vastly superior. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm getting to a point now that I'm actually wanting and preferring things to be on these streaming services oh, than in theaters. Yeah. Because you get almost cinematic type, you know, productions and it's, you know, several episodes long. So it's not like a traditional TV series. It feels more like a movie just chopped into parts and run longer. So you get more story developments, more, you know, uh, character development. I'm actually preferring this. I mean, Game of Thrones was great and how long it ran. And of course, you know, there's other things I've watched on streaming services like Star Trek Discovery or whatever else. And it's just like. It's very gotta, satisfying to I me. I gotta say, CBS is. Think uh, about even the Clone Wars, though, when you binge watch it and you watch those four episode blocks together in a big movie format. I mean, we yeah. were singing the praises for, like, uh, you know, the Pong Krell episodes or the Darth Maul and the Maldalorians and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it yeah. works. It works in Star Wars. It works really. I mean, Star Wars as a serial 
is just the perfect recipe. It's what it was born out yes. of the 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 Flash Gordon cereal. Um, yep. So I love that that idea, and I I don't know I I I'm very excited that this story is uh, going to take place this way. Now, it is not a hundred thousand percent confirmed, but we will know this by the end of D twenty three weekend. Um, I'm guessing they'll announce it. It's going to be Ewan McGregor on stage. Uh, and he's going to say hello there, and then everyone's going to cheer, and it's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> and that uh, weekend is this coming weekend, right? Yeah, it is indeed. Uh-huh. Yeah, coming right up. I'm bummed I can't be there, but uh, I was at D23 two years ago, and it was it was awesome. Like I, I actually really enjoyed it. So it does seem to be where they are going to be pushing the, the Disney Plus streaming service, which of course makes sense, and Star Wars is really the, I think, central part of it. Uh, Marvel maybe we'll is a close second. get to know more about some of the uh, trilogies coming, too, maybe. Yeah. Well, that's also... I think we are going to get details on Rise of Skywalker. I don't think any other details on, on the future films, though. Uh, and, of course, we'll cover the, that as the story breaks. But speaking of the future films, we have some updates. Finally. We're getting kind of... Well, maybe. Kind of some we updates. We have something to report something, again? Exactly. Right. <laughs> um, come close. I have good news question mark uh so we'll start with benioff and weiss the deal has been altered rumor what according to this is to according to collider on the D front it looks like the duo benioff and weiss uh are not going to be as hands-on as expected this is the rumor uh mm. uh the, the original plan had called them to basically write all three installments of their trilogy um the hollywood reporter uh, as they basically have, have been reporting on this new $250 million Netflix deal that they just signed. And that's pointing to the fact that maybe they won't be as involved on the Star Wars side of things as we thought they might be. Um, they're committed to writing at least one of the films, but it's unclear to the extent that they'll be involved beyond writing that one film. Like how, as producers, will they be involved? Or is that kind of, they'll help develop the story and then be hands off and move over to Netflix. I, now I tweeted this out on at Star Wars Report on Twitter, and the response largely was, "Oh thank God," because of the people who didn't like the end of Game of Thrones. Uh, you know, Kathleen Kennedy, she knows what's going on. I mean, otherwise, it's like all this vagueness. It feels a lot like what happened with Solo. You know, like we're so vague, we don't know what's going on. Oh, bye, directors, bye, bye. Oh, we need another director because uh, some vague stuff happened, and we're not going to really go into all that detail. But we got to salvage this project. And you've got some award-winning directors here, so you know it, it, somebody knows they're just they're just being very tight-lipped with everything here. I mean, otherwise it just seems like going into this being this whole we don't know, man. Like that sounds like a recipe for colossal failure down the way. Well, I think that having one uh, set of directors or one person like do the treatment and writing for the first film, but then just like not taking that at all and just moving on to the next one and be pretty unrelated. Is going to be a recipe for great success," he said. <laughs> he said sarcastically. Uh, but actually, I think they've learned their. Le- I, I say that, and I'm tongue in cheek. I actually think that they've learned their lesson. I, I real as much as we've talked here on the show about the struggles with the the Disney process for the current trilogy, um, which again, little check in, little reminder. It, I'm still a big fan of all the Disney movies that have come out so far. I like them. Um, but I, the shortcomings do show in some of the way that um, it was one film, then another film, and the, the, the lines of communication between Ryan Johnson and J.J. Abrams between uh, Last Jedi and The Force Awakens it probably weren't the way they needed to be. 
Um, and and honestly, I think a lot of that is born out of this. I know this is kind of a little detour from the story at hand, but I think a lot of the success of The Force Awakens is what sort of like Lucasfilm can do no wrong. You guys do it however you want. Ryan Johnson's like, yep, uh, dude, you write it. Like, it's going great, man. Write it, direct it, do everything. And there, there may not have been the kind of oversight or certainly maybe not the kind of collaboration that they would have that that that's needed really um uh, to do the story so i think that they've learned those even if say benioff and weiss just do a treatment for the first film or maybe they write the first film and do treatments for the second two and someone else takes them on i'm pretty sure that moving forward especially if they're doing a trilogy of films they're going to be pretty sure that the the thread of the story is 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 a lot more intact than yeah they want to plan that's Mm -hmm. the thing i mean that's the thing people complained about this sequel trilogy is you know people feel like there's not a real plan or at least maybe there's a small plan but not enough that you know here's the here's the story arc this is the direction we're going we can we can tweak it a little here and there as we bring directors on but it it seems more like okay Ryan, go ahead and make a movie as long as it ends with, like, so we can bring it to something in the next one to this place. Do whatever you want. Well, and I think we've already seen them learn that lesson, which I think that's why they brought J.J. Abrams back in the first place. Mm-hmm. Have the guy who kicked yeah. off the story finish the story. So I think it, yep. we, because it's very easy. This is this is the easy thing to do. It's just be like, wah, wah, Disney sucks. They don't know how to tell stories. And yes, they've made a lot of mistakes on the way, but I think... I look at me. I'm actually kind of optimistic that by bringing back J.J. Abrams to wrap up the story, that um, there will be a lot more continuity to it and a much more satisfying ending. I'm putting, I'm positivity, guys. See, and I'm, I can be positive too because with Johnson and his trilogy, he's stepping away from legacy characters. And when I stop and I think about it, the only thing that I didn't like about the Last Jedi was his treatment of the legacy characters you take the legacy characters out of last jedi and i loved everything about the movie and so i'm like man this is a win like you know I, i'm gonna get the best out of out of ryan johnson and i'm not gonna have to worry about well is he botching this up for me or, or not this is all gonna be in a whole new world i'm kind of excited about that as well yeah no i think you kind of alluded to it but yeah in a new piece in the observer he said quote I think that the fun and challenging part, this is Ryan Johnson, is to, is to dive in and figure out what's exciting and then figure out uh, what it's going to be. We're doing something that steps beyond the legacy characters and what does that look like? Uh, to me, the blue sky element is, is what's most striking to me. I know the way that I'm coming at it and what's fun about it uh, is for everyone in George Lucas's film is figuring it out. What's the next step, basically? Um, it makes you think and figure out what the essence of Star Wars is. And for me, that's what it'll look like moving forward. So as, uh, and also, I guess kind of, it seems like, uh, moving forward, at least for now, the Ryan Johnson trilogy, at least according to Ryan Johnson, I'm still waiting for a source outside Ryan Johnson to confirm that the Ryan Johnson trilogy is still happening. Um, uh, but you know, I, we'll, we'll find out. I'm sure I get the funny feeling 20 years from now, if we're still doing the show, we're like, you know, they're still talking about that Ryan Johnson trilogy. (laughs) I wonder when that's coming. Oh yeah. Ryan's like, you know, 68 years old now or whatever he is. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's true. Hey, uh, Star Wars resistance season two has a trailer. I haven't seen it. I'm saving it. I've been saving it for the show, guys, because as you get, no. I, I have not caught up on Resist. Has is anyone caught up on Resistance? No, no. no. Oh, I'm terrible. No. I've watched one. Uh, I've oh watched one episode so far. My gosh! Wow. wow. I'm, I'm in the lead. I've watched the first half <laughs> of season one. 
Nice. But I'm, I'm going to watch the next half. I <laughs> no, really well, see, I am. I will, I will be honest, though. A big chunk of why I didn't was I was going to sit down and binge watch it, and then I found out episode three, episode six, and episode eight got skipped by my DVR for some reason. So I'm like, oh. well, I don't want to just kind of piecemeal it. <laughs> no, I'll... um. Whenever it shows up on a streaming, probably it'll show up on Disney Plus or something. Maybe. Uh, God, I hope so. I really if, do. On a streaming service that I have, and then I will I'll do it. I'm I'm too cheap. I don't want to buy each episode. <laughs> That's just, I don't, it's an honest answer. Like I just can't afford to, because there are a lot of great TV shows out there. And so well, and this is like, also going to be the end season too. They're only doing two seasons for this, which is, is what le- makes me lean for Kenobi being a short season. Yeah, and we'll talk about that. But for now, let's take a look here at the uh, Star Wars Resistance Season 2 trailer. It's going to be hard to keep this nation together with the First Order at our backs. We're running low on everything. Food, water, even fuel. Please, be patient. We're in the middle of a war. And you can thank your captains for that. The Colossus deserves a new home. We have to work together if we're gonna survive. We only take orders from one tyrant, Captain Kragen. <laughs> Tabra, if you are to rise in the ranks, I will require your total cooperation. Yes, sir. She is key to finding the Colossus. Finally, we will wipe them out. Fail, and I will see to your execution personally. Mm. They're everywhere. Entire planets are just giving up. It's just like the Empire when I was a kid. How did they know how to find us? Cass, get as far away as you can. There are bounty hunters who might be coming up. <gasps> <laughs> Just act casual and keep a low profile. I was a spy. I'm a master at keeping a low profile. Most impressive. I trust the aces can handle this. I think she's the one in charge. Ooh, you're quick. What is this place? I recognize all of these symbols. It's a power source from an ancient time. My face on has returned. <laughs> the resistance is proving to be stronger than we anticipated. I got him. We're good to go. Punch it. Good. <laughs> there it is the final season star wars promising man i looks Real good promising um yeah i uh i'm i definitely like i'm planning on um finishing it and i like the way that they've really kind of tied it into the films like the appearance of kylo ren even the little prequel reference the uh, the some of the super battle droids that were looked like were being used by a bounty hunter trying to yeah. track him down and the bounty hunters from the force awakens mm-hmm 
Yeah, the I, ones see, you can get those like figures some... for. <laughs> yeah. This is what I wanted to see to begin with. When if, like I said, I just watched the first half of season one, and I'm just like, what? Nothing's going on. They're just hanging out and running around, and there's like this is about the resistance and the first order. This is what I was expecting. So yeah. it's great to see that that's finally taking place. I think some of that happened at the end of season one or the last half of it, but I, you know, yeah. it it's taken a while to get to that point. for sure. For sure. See, and I've been reading Dark Spire. I've got the review copy of that, and I'm looking forward to all the tie-ins to that. And it's just getting to that point as well in the book. And that's what you definitely get the sense of with this second trailer. I mean, the first trailer was more about the aces and how they're hot shots. Now you realize the peril that everything about the resistance is going through. And you think about, you know, what the resistance is left as the basic power for good after the force awakens, you know, I mean the, the Republic's gone, they're wiped out. So to see that building towards that as well, you know, you know that they're also in a state of peril. And I like having that fleshed out more too, because there's just a few book references that really tell you how hurting the resistance is after the force awakens. Mm, yeah, that's true. That's true. Mark, I know you got to bounce. Um, uh, you, you got a, a heart out here. Sorry. We couldn't get to, to the, the final story sooner, but yeah, thanks for oh, coming on the show, good. man. It's been fun. I'll see you guys next week. Yes, sir. Uh, right. Mark Holman, everybody at illogical rogue two on Twitter. Um, Bruce, I want to jump to the, the official description per Disney is, <clears throat> let's see, the, let's, uh, oh yeah, here it is. The concluding season takes place during the events of The Last Jedi and leading up to the rise of Skywalker as Kaz and his team continue the fight against the First Order, culminating in an epic series finale. So they're done, and they, they seem to be going out with a bit of a bang. So I, I'm looking forward to actually catching up on the series, um, and I'm definitely going to do it before Rise of Skywalker comes out. Um, I really, really like the... I don't I don't really have the attachment to, and I haven't really gotten to know the characters themselves, but the idea of how closely this is tied into the current films definitely makes me intrigued. Yeah, it does. And it's great that they, they're... Uh, surpassing the last Jedi and going up towards rise of Skywalker. I mean, that, that gets me excited because it's not just everything taking place before uh, the force awakens. It's like, we're going through from beginning to end with the whole resistance thing. So now it makes sense that it's called resistance because it's starting near the start of the resistance and fighting the first order and close to the end of it. Yes, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. We'll uh, we'll chronicle it probably here on the show. It might be a fun way to kind of burn up some of the time uh, as we wait for the Rise of Skywalker and Disney Plus series to uh, launch. So it's one of those things that I want to uh, catch up on before uh, that's the case. Hey, uh, this episode of the Star Wars Report podcast is brought to you by the fine folks supporting us over at patreon.com slash Report. I just wanted to uh, give a big shout out and thank you to every single one of you guys who support us. You keep the uh, the show going. You're able. We are only able to keep the um, the funding, the hosting, the equipment, um, everything that uh, you guys pledge that goes right into the show. Uh, it keeps it alive, and that is also where I, I want to encourage you guys to check out at our uh, five dollar Rogue Transmissions level. It's our Rogue Transmissions podcast, an exclusive Star Wars Report podcast available only at Patreon dot com slash star wars report and they have this really cool feature where when you pledge in the like at the top right corner of the menu after you pledge on patreon they give you a, a url 
Uh, and it's basically your feed that you can copy and paste into the Apple Podcast app, uh, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, whatever podcast app you use. You can literally just import and add a podcast and paste that feed in and you get access to our rogue transmissions, of which there are 80, 80 strong. The most recent one is Mark chronicling how he broke his lightsaber and Michael Morris snickering at him the whole time. <laughs> but it's fun. We usually, we always have some pre-show or post-show discussion uh, and it's usually Star Wars uh, adjacent related to uh, a Star Wars, but sometimes not. It's And then sometimes like um, I was at Comic-Con recently and uh, happened to catch the Steve Sansweet panel there and uh, I thought that was a great place to publish uh, the recording of it that I snagged while I was there. Uh, that's available. That's Rogue Transmissions 78. Uh, and we even have, even if uh, that's uh, steep, we have the Tip Jar Jar, which is one of my favorite, uh, <laughs> one of my favorite levels because that basically. Oh, that's so cute. Right, I think so. Um, that gives you access to our uh, patron exclusive Facebook chat where we're in there talking uh, pretty much everything Star Wars, kind of live as it happens, as news breaks. That's often where we are talking about the latest in Star Wars, and uh, that's also access to every episode we've ever published. It's a direct link to our episode server. So uh, iTunes doesn't have room for all of the episodes, but if you want to binge and go through all of the old archives, they're available right there just at the $1 tip jar jar patreon.com slash star wars report that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash star wars report it's worth a lot to me as you wish that's right ladies and gentlemen each and every week we like to talk about something that we personally have been enjoying or experiencing in the world of star wars and that is boba's bounty Mr. Bruce Gibson, what have you been up to? Tell me all about your Star Wars fandom this week. So this week, I finally decided to read Star Wars Omnibus, A Long Time Ago, Volume 1, which is the first 27 issues oh, of the original Marvel <laughs> Star Wars run. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. And why, why are you saying it that way? Because quietly? you've been posting screenshots in our Facebook chat. I have been, like uh, Luke and Leia kissing quite often. A lot, <laughs> like four or five times or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's not bad. So, okay, when I was, so, yeah, you know, I'm an old guy. No, no wait, I don't want to say it that way. <laughs> I was around, okay? I was nine when The New Hope came out. So I did get the original six issues mm -hmm. as a reprint at that, you know, when I was yeah. a kid at that time. And then I eventually dabbled into the Marvel comics here and there as it was, you know, like I'd pick up an issue in the store, but I wasn't getting every issue and reading them. It wasn't until uh, maybe around Return of the Jedi, I got a subscription. I was getting them in the mail for quite a while. So it wasn't until like more towards the tail end while I was reading them on a regular basis. So this is the first time I've like reading them all in order, all issues. And I have to say they stand up pretty well. I really expect to go in and go like, gosh, this is so hokey. This is so dorky, but actually yeah. I'm really liking them. I'm almost done. I've got three issues left in that volume. Nice. And I'm going to read the others too. I want to read the whole series of issues. Nice. I love it. I love it. Um, I, it's kind of awkward though. <laughs> A lot of, yeah, but a the, lot of making but out. Some of that kissing and stuff is just uh, like sometimes it's just to deceive a bad guy or something. I mean, it's not we've that all, bad. We've all been there, you know, I, like you do. I, I don't have a sister, Riley, so I, I can't. Talk. <laughs> oh my gosh. My gosh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, um, for for my Boba's bounty this week, I'm <laughs> rolling right past that. Um, my Boba's <laughs> bounty this week um, is is a shout out to uh, another Star Wars podcast. Actually, I was actually just recording a segment with him that's going to appear on a future episode of the Star Wars Report. But uh, Stephen Kent's Beltway Banthas is back. Um, in fact, uh, it just re- returned with episode 71 after being on hiatus for, uh, for hi- hiatus for these last few months. I, I, just, I just pronounced hiatus like di- diabetes, hiatus. Anyway, <laughs> I don't, I don't, my tongue, my, I, I didn't I, even I know they were on hiatus. I, I had uh, but no, uh, he's back. I, uh, he's back and in fact had an episode, um, where he has, uh, Nick DeCalandria, um, from Coffee with Kenobi, and they discuss some of the latest in politics, but through the lens of Star Wars. And here's what I like about Beltway Banthas, is it's not like, it's not outrage. It's it's interesting political discussion, but in the realm of Star Wars and related to Star Wars. And he and Nick kind of talk a little bit about the the elements of, of, of Star Wars politics and how that kind of sometimes compares to both historical and real world um, parallels, and then they dig into a pretty cool segment on Revenge of the Sith and Padme's famous quote, uh, so this is how liberty dies with thunderous applause. And and, and that discussion, what's the um, what's the scene where she's like, uh, um, like, what if we're on the wrong side? Remember that uh, discussion? Uh, and of course, Anakin's very <clears throat> very sure of himself, but um, that's that was mine. It's available seventy episode seventy one of Beltway Banthas wherever you download podcasts. Uh, it's I like to give a shout out to some uh, Star Wars podcast buddies from time to time, and that's just what I've been listening to. I was listening to it on my run the other day, so check it out. Uh, Beltway Banthas episode seventy one. And Mr. I've hung I've hung out with those guys in DC a couple times. Oh yeah, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm, yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited that uh, that they're back. So can I give a plug to another podcast? By all means, man. That's what the segment's for. Oh great! So I, you know, I do a show called Literary Treks. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And just because Mark had mentioned earlier in the episode, John Jackson Miller. Well, we just released an episode where we interviewed John Jackson Miller. What? Just dropped this past Sunday because he wrote a Star Trek, a Star Trek Discovery novel called "The Enterprise War." So we really? had John. Yes. Interesting. And did you talk any Star Wars? Sorry, I'm the. <laughs> Actually, we, a little bit of Star Wars came up in the discussion, yes. As a matter of fact, I gave John a challenge to write a crossover between Star Trek and Star Wars. And if you want to know his response to that, listen to the show. Now that's a tease, ladies and gentlemen. That is a tease. And that is going to bring this episode of the Star Wars Report podcast to a close. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, another episode of the Star Wars Report in the can. Until next week, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, if you have not, again, please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Star Wars Report, and some of the cool rewards we have there set up for you guys. Um, I'm working on stickers for our patrons. I'm just saying it right now. Oh, Although, cool. I keep great. going back and forth with this printing service that I have, because like, it needs like Photoshop stuff. It's like way more complicated than I thought. <laughs> but we're getting there. We're getting there. I'll update you guys. Uh, once we do that. But we'll, it'll be nice. We'll have them hopefully for Dragon Con coming up here soon. I guess I should have plugged that. I'll be at Dragon Con uh, doing a couple different panels. Um, if you want to check them out, they're uh, posted at the 
SWAT DC Twitter and Star Wars at DragonCon website. Uh, they just posted the tentative schedule, so uh, we'll be out there. Bruce, I know I'll probably catch you at least one of the days there, hopefully. Yeah, so I'm going to be there maybe just one day. Okay, yeah, you know. After, yeah, after a certain point, I was talking to, to Bruce, ladies and gentlemen, and there's been a lot of Labor Day weekends at DragonCon, so yeah, it's good to make time for the fam sometimes. So I totally, I get you. But I'm looking forward to seeing you there, man. I'll probably shove a microphone in your face at some point and get your take. We'll do a little bit of recording there if we catch you in time. Um, and then, uh, yeah, oh, also follow us on uh, social media. It's super easy, at Star Wars Report on Twitter and uh, at Star Wars Bits on Instagram if you're interested. I'm on Instagram at the Riley Guy. It's the best place to follow me. Bruce is on uh, Twitter at Admiral underscore Rex and Instagram at Admiral Rex. Super easy to find. And, of course, uh, check out the John Jackson Miller interview on literary treks available wherever you download podcasts. The full show notes for this episode, as well as links to everything we've just talked about, is available at StarWarsReport.com, episode 392. You'll see it right there. Uh, And, of course, in the notes of the podcast app you're listening to right now. So if you want to check out anything we've been talking about, just click on the notes and you'll see it populated right there for your reading pleasure. Uh, Email us, StarWarsReport at gmail.com, StarWarsReport at gmail.com. And uh, we can uh, get your thoughts here on the air. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, may the Force be with you. And remember, many Bothans died to bring you this podcast. And that's a show. That's a show, sir. Good chow, good chow. It's a